Have you ever been through acting class or has someone said to you, you know, you could develop your training skills even more by learning to act? A number of times I've come across actors who've said to me that being through some kind of acting training or acting classes or even um, improvisation classes has really helped them to deliver better learning experiences for their clients. My guest this week on the show is speaking to us from Melbourne in Australia this morning. Her name is Kate Crawshaw. Her business is called Serious Woo. You can check her out at SeriousWoo.com. And Kate's business is all about bringing corporate role play actors to facilitation experiences, learning experiences where clients get huge output and results from having actors real play or role play particular situations. And I've had people say to me, when you can apply acting skills with professional actors, you get better results because people seem to get more from that experience. And this is what Kate's business do. So in this week's program, we're going to listen to Kate talk about her background in theater, what gave her the idea for Serious Woo, the kinds of organizations that she works with, and the kinds of services that she offers her clients. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark. This is the Training Business Podcast. As you know by now, if you're a weekly listener, this is the weekly show for self-employed consultants, trainers, coaches, people like you and me all around the world. And the focus generally is on the business of you making money from your programs, your workshops, books, keynotes, courses, etc. And maybe it's something you're in the middle of doing or you're thinking of starting. Having been through COVID, you've now given a fresh look at your current career and you're thinking you'd like to try something by making money for yourself with your expertise and running your own business. If that is the case, then wonderful because many people on the show, people listening to the show have been through that um, situation where they've realized, I would love to help people with my knowledge in the form of product services, and of course, do something which I love to do. And that's how I've actually come to this because I've worked in corporate, I've been self-employed, worked in businesses, employed and come out and been unemployed and tried to figure out what I love to do and how I can make money doing what I do. So every Thursday, there is an episode of this show to help you wherever you are on this journey. I'd love you to come back, of course, every week. So please click on follow or subscribe, depending on the podcast platform that you're listening to this on now. It costs absolutely nothing and, of course, takes only a couple of seconds to do. Kate, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's Sunday evening here in Barcelona. It's Monday morning in Melbourne, Australia, where you are right now. So thank you for starting off the week by speaking to me on the Training Business Podcast. Um, your business is called Serious Woo, and uh, even the title is captivating. My understanding is that um, you lead people through learning experiences and um, you work with organizations who want to re-energize their teams. 
increase collaboration, reduce attrition, et cetera. Let's start with the beginning. What is your background and how come you ended up in facilitation and learning experience design? So my experience, I have a background in internal, external comms and innovation. So throughout um, throughout my work experience there, I did a lot of um, a lot of workshops because um, from for information gathering and also communicating change, that kind of thing. And it was always the part of my work that I loved the best. Um, about eight, nine years ago, I finished up uh, a large stint of being a director, a, um, a strategy director in an agency. And while I did a lot of workshops, that was my favourite part. And um, I was looking for a change and... Um, met my co-founder of the business, um, Trudy, who had a background in, we both studied um, theatre at at the same school in London, and she had continued as a professional actor and had done a lot of role play. And um, we, yes, um, we talked about that and there was a real opportunity to be able to bring these two, bring the arts and and the benefits that you have from from um, from acting into workshop and learning kind of scenarios. Mm-hmm. So why the name Serious Woo? Let's talk about that for a second. Yes, well, we both wanted to do things differently. And when we were envisioning the, um, the vision for the business, um, we were playing around with this idea of woo, this idea of things being a little bit undefined and magical. We also like the word because it means lots of things for lots of people. It is about celebration. It is about um, luring people and enticing them, wooing them. And obviously it does have that little bit of magic. We're not quite, we weren't quite the crazy woo-woo people um, and we didn't want people, um, organisations to think that. So we put serious in front of woo as a bit of a tongue-in-cheek <laughs> Right. Kind of homage <laughs> to, um, you know, we're going to offer you all these things, but we're very serious about it. And, you know, and the organisation has continued in that way. And, um, you know, it is something about um, the joy of learning and the joy of really being able to experience insights into your own behaviour and yourself. Mm. And we take that really seriously. How long is the business in operation? I had to count that when I <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, and we're going into our seventh year. Okay, so if we talk about uh, the kinds of things that you bring to the marketplace, what do you actually offer the business marketplace? The people who need training and development and learning and design. Well, the people that primarily the clients that come to us are people leaders who who are a bit stuck and frustrated, so they're seeing whether it's conflict within their teams, they're disconnected, they're change fatigued, they're not seeing the conversations happen that need to happen. Or they might actually have a relatively cohesive team, but they're really looking to be able to have those constructive conversations that lead to better innovation. So what we offer the marketplace is a really safe space for people to really practice their skills, get the feedback, and the own personal insights. So there, um, and we do that through um, through corporate role play, working with um, so people get to work with actors. We build scenarios that are absolutely relevant to them and their organisation, and they get feedback and insights around 
things that they may be completely unaware that they're doing, which we all do. Most of us have good intent. Most of us think we communicate well and clearly, but often the reality is that's not the case. I've worked with a couple of companies who've said to me that they've also worked with actors and it's not normal training in the sense that we're not running a a typical role play. It sounds like a real play in the sense that your actors are able to embody or portray a particular character in a particular context, which might help someone who goes through that training. Absolutely. Right. Okay. And I'm curious as to when, when an actor needs to be brought in as opposed to someone else who isn't just a trainer delivering information. When, When do you actually need an actor for your corporate clients? Well, if you ask me, I would say you always need actors to be able to really get people to have the skills and confidence about embodying the the learning that they have. Mm -hmm. Big frustration for me is people can be so energised in a workshop, they can really resonate to the information that's being shared, but life gets in the way. We might have to do something that we're not very confident about, and we haven't tried it before. And so it's easy to put it on the back burner and say, yes, I must, must try that next week and it never happens. One thing that, that Sirius was really committed about is working with their organisations to understand that people get the opportunity to practise those skills in a really safe place, get the feedback, and so they're more likely to actually practise them in their organisational settings. So I think that... So much learning and so much training is wasted because people, we don't create that space. We don't say, you know, we're serious about this (laughs) and we really want you to embody the skills and practice and get the feedback. So, um, yes, obviously I am one for role play, but I think that there is a real gap in the um, experiential component of training that's that's being missed often. And that's where we're not getting the return on investment in our, in our training that, um, you know, organisations spend so much money on training and so much time. And every time you deliver something that we don't see the benefit of in the workplace, we, you know, our, I suppose our faith in, in training has another little death. You're not the first to say this. I've had people say to me, um, we've paid for some, let's say, negotiation training or communication training or training giving feedback, but there's no chance in the classroom to practice this. Or if there is, it's really kind of play. It isn't really anything close to the situation in which someone who's gone through that training needs to actually um, apply the skills. So it sounds to me like actors, if they're uh, properly briefed, are able to literally bring this thing to the situation where it's as close to the work environment as possible. And I know people have said to me, when I've seen actors pretend to be someone who's difficult to give feedback to or difficult to work with or negotiate with, it's a whole different result than just practicing with a colleague from some kind of script in a normal training environment. Absolutely. There's, I mean, there's a few, there's a few, a few things there. I think that so many people have had bad experience with role play, which has not made my job (laughs) any easier. But once they've experienced role play with an actor, 
it all changes. And not all actors make great role play actors. This is the thing because we need to work on a spectrum of facilitation and acting at the same time. When I act on stage, I have a mission. I will embody my character at all times. Whereas when we have a a good role play actor, we want them to, they're, they're learning conduits for the person. So, Mark, if you come to me, I'm a, I'm your role play actor. We have a scenario, and I see that you're quite nervous. I'm not going to pummel you at the start and make you feel terrible. I want you to succeed and to pitch the experience to where you're at, so you have learning, but you feel confident and you feel motivated to continue the learning. So it is. It's very nuanced and. You need um, you need a specific type of corporate role play actor to do the job. And to your point about people having bad experiences where they've been asked to role play with um, with their colleague, this is namely because we are asking the participants to do to play them to not be themselves. Mm. So. When you have a good role play scenario, it's written in a way where I'm not pretending. So I'm not asking you to come in and say, oh, you had a meeting with this person before it went really badly and you said this to them, because that's already creating some kind of cognitive dissonance. You might say, well, that's not the way I would be. So there is a craft to be able to design the scenarios and there's also, you know, it's really important to get the the right corporate role play actors to have that appreciation that they're there as a learning support. They're not there as a 100% actor. And I can see a huge need for this because the number of times people have said to me, I hate role plays, number one, I feel embarrassed, or number two, they're just not real, I don't take them seriously. So two things came to mind there. In terms of your resource, you need to find, therefore, people who are corporate um, role play actors. That's the first thing, the first skill set, which probably is at a premium or hard to find. Maybe you can explain how you get that kind of skill set for people listening. And secondly, people who can design a, a real play slash role play that really, really works. Let's talk about the kinds of skills that Serious Woo needs to, let's say, deliver a, a product or service to a client, those two things, corporate real play or role play actors and people who can actually write realistic, helpful, useful uh, role plays. Well, as far as the actors go, um, we have been really blessed to have an amazing troupe of actors that have worked with us for a long time. We currently add people, you know, constantly add people to the staple, but um, stable, but um, we spend a lot of time on um, on learning and development and training, and these you know these actors work in you know in other settings um, because we really match the specific need of the organisation with the actor. So all the actors are contracted, but actors traditionally have been treated pretty poorly <laughs> in the professional world and. You know, one of the things with Serious Woo that um, that was, you know, we believed at the onset was to remunerate our actors well, to spend time training and developing them. I mean, most actors 
would never have spent had a free course or like free training that they're not investing in themselves in their life. So there's a commitment from the organisation to really invest in the people and as a consequence I have never had a situation where no one's turned up, no one hasn't delivered their best, no one hasn't has spent, everyone has spent so long rehearsing and preparing for the work they do because they really, they, they A, love the work and value it, but really value the, the culture of the organisation as well. So there's that. As far as developing the scenarios, we really work closely with our organisations to make sure that it's really reflecting what is going on in the organisation. We are very careful to ensure confidentiality. It's normally a kind of construct of a number of issues. We make sure that we're using language, acronyms, all that kind of thing. So there's no, um, I don't know, what am I thinking? There's no kind of block or kind of shock during a conversation. Oh, we wouldn't use that. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that. So that's the kind of work that we do. Um, you know, we've had, I remember we worked for um, an airport authority um, last year who were just like, wow, your crib sheet was amazing. So we really spend a long time on the technical jargon where it's appropriate as well to ensure that we have that seamless experience for participants. And I spoke to Joellen Gribb, who um, the time we spoke at least four four years ago, ran or was the co-founder of the Impact Factory, a huge training business in London. And she said she always looked for two skill sets in her associates. One, acting. They've been through some kind of acting class. And secondly, some kind of uh, therapy and it's funny how some organizations don't want the normal trainer. They want people with a particular skill set. Do you look for actors and then make them into trainers? It sounds like that, or does it go the other way too? We primarily, um, so, I mean, the thing is our actors come from such diverse backgrounds. So we have people that were very senior in government. We have people that had their own businesses. We've, you know, lots of, you know, actors, generally have to do other work. There's not, you know, especially in Australia, there's not a massive amount of work for professional actors. So this is the beauty of the people that you work with is they mm. are highly skilled. They've got massively diverse backgrounds. And so, and they really adapt and relate well to different situations on top of all the, um, all the acting training that they constantly invest in. So, um, what I have found is that it has been an evolution where we've had actors who then are, in, some of them are interested in um, facilitation, some of them already have a background in facilitation. Um, we do have art therapists, we do have people with lots of different, um, lots of different backgrounds and then they will um, often be facilitating at times as well as doing the acting. Okay. Um in terms of the kinds of clients you work with, I, I presume they're both public sector and private sector. Yes, they are. Yes. You know, as a as a business owner, it's always been tricky when you hear the messaging about niche, 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 niche. And um, you know, we're not we're not that we're not a niche, we're not a niche business in that way. Um ask me, I've had, you know not-for-profits, small businesses, um, government organisations, large financial services institutions, 
um, very diverse because this is a universal skill set, being able to have challenging conversations, to understand when to listen, to understand when not to problem solve, all those kind of things. That, I mean, they're great skills to have. They're great. They're skills that you can use in your personal life and your professional life. And that's something that I really love about about the the skills that we're offering is they can help in any aspect of a person's life. And so there is a real individualised motivation to be involved in the training that we do. For people listening, uh, I've had it said to me that um, all good trainers should at least once take some kind of acting class or stand-up class or improv class. You have a theatre background. What's your view on that now that you've married the two together, both training and uh, facilitation training and um, acting? I think there's real an immense amount of benefit, um, especially in um, applied improvisation, I think is really great for for teams. It's a really safe way of being able to nut out issues. One of the programs that we offer is a um, team building team building workshop that runs for 30 minutes it focuses on key um key aspects around communication and psychological safety but it's delivered through applied improvisation exercises and it's just a safe space to be able to play make mistakes understand oh the world you know the world isn't going to die if something goes wrong and it also provides teams with a language that they can use later so this oh they can you know maybe in a a brainstorming session or they they're piloting a um a new program it doesn't work they can reference the failure games we did um failure, failure games program. what are they oh it's really just celebrating failure mm-hmm. so there's different so there's um just fun ways to be able to um to make actively focus on making mistakes and cheer when the mistake happens. Right. So <laughs> even like being out, yeah, it is fun. And this is the thing that, you know, we we take the fun out of work and we start stripping the joy out of it and being able to have safe spaces. I don't ever come in and say that I'm an expert at, at communication, at um, at critical conversations. I'm not. And this is what actually allows people to feel safe and practice in that space because then they're not feeling like they're doing something in front of the international expert or in Mm. in critical conversations it's with someone who has had a lot of a lot of failures in conversations who's had a lot of challenges in organizations because of the way culture is and I have, as a consequence, tried to find ways to improve the situation. And after working with so many people, I can now see what the patterns and the barriers are. But I'm not an expert. I will still feel sick when I have to go and have a conversation or something like that. And I think, you know, being able to allow people to understand that no one's an expert, take the take that pressure off yourself as a leader and just bring some more humanity and fun and play into, into our team environments, then we'll all feel a lot safer and we'll all feel a lot more confident to try things. Everyone should bring more woo to the workplace, right? Bringing the woo. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. 
So before we wrap up, Kate, um, what's your vision for the next couple of years for Serious Woo? There's some really exciting things happening. Um, I'm actually working working to expand um, expand the team to ensure that it is as um, as culturally diverse as um, as organisations hopefully are becoming. And so um, organisations have a lot more opportunities to start practising um, practicing conversations around cultural inclusion in a really meaningful way. So that's one thing I'm really, really passionate about. Um, it's also bringing in some more theatre-based aspects into, um, into some of the programs. So some, I guess, what we would call long-form scenarios where... Um, where you'll see a couple of actors playing out some really complex issues, especially around um, discrimination and bullying, and give people the opportunity um, in bigger groups to be able to participate in discussions around those issues. It's a really safe way of being able to um, to bring out a lot of um, a lot of organisational issues in that space because you can be talking about something that is mm. not. A part of the organisation, but it at at that time, but it, but there's um, obviously nuances and connections there. It's fascinating, it really is, and it um, you've can or reconvinced me of the need for me to look again into applied improv. It's something that uh, quite a few trainers have said to me. It's changed the game for them once they've been able to dip into acting skills. They their role plays or real plays are better. They tend to be more. Um, communicate well they're able to communicate at a more deeper level and uh the training clients and feedback uh tends to reflect that so where can people find out more about you kate and serious woo well you can connect with me on linkedin my name's kate crawshaw um serious woo website is um serious and then www.com.au. And we are on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all the standard socials. Kate, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. It's an absolute pleasure, Mark. And I look forward to seeing you in an applied improv session soon. <laughs> Watch this face. <laughs> <laughs> My sincere thanks to Kate Crawshaw for being my guest today. You can check out Kate's website, which is seriouswoo.com.au. That's in Australia. And you can also find out more about Kate by visiting her profile on LinkedIn. That's Kate Crawshaw. If you've got suggestions for wonderful guests like Kate, then I would invite you to email me, mark at trainingbusiness.com. That's my email address. If you have a suggestion for a topic feel free to propose a topic, an interviewee, an author, or something like that, that you feel would help people like you and other people who listen to the show, people just like us in the training business community. My team and I, Sam, Joe, James, Turul, appreciate your loyalty. And that's really what it comes down to. We love the fact that you listen. The stats are up again this month. And I'd love to know that you're recommending the show, telling other trainers or facilitators about the show. This is for you guys. It's for us, our community. So please tell other people, click on the follow button and come back again next week when there is, of course, a fresh episode of the Training Business Podcast. Until then, look after yourself. Bye for now.
once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.